0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of the Game of Thrones podcast. I am your host, Carmine of Red Team Review, and I'm joined here once again by Individual One himself, Rex
1: Fake news, why aren't they prosecuting Saturday Night Live? <laughs> <They> sh- <laughs> illegal?
0: No. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, welcome back to the Game of Thrones podcast. And today's episode will be covering the rise and rule of Jaharis the First. As always, we're available on SoundCloud and iTunes, so consider checking us out on those platforms. And if you do check us out on iTunes, then please leave us a review. It'll help out a lot. Also be sure to leave your comments and questions down below. We might cover them in the next episode. Okay, so Preston and keep recording here. Um <laughs> we well, wanted to discuss night flyers briefly.
1: Oh, I was just mentioning that I uh, I, I binge watched Night Flyers you, and so you
0: poor
1: soul. Uh, yeah yeah well it my my reveal will probably be up before this discussion but mm-hmm. the uh, um, yeah you I know mean, it was it was it was fine it was fine that, the thing is was it nothing to write expectant- home about
0: is that what you're saying
1: it was it was nothing to write home about but um, but also keep in mind that the original novella isn't that great so. Um, <sighs> It's really well acted. It's, um, it's got a really small budget, so you have to like keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. A lot of the plots come from nowhere and go nowhere. Uh, but uh, I don't know, it was okay. The, the The problem is, is like my opinion of things is always based on expectations, and everybody like all the other reviews of Nightflyers are like, oh my god, this is horrible, and then I and then I watch it and like. You know, I'm more intrigued by it because I'm so familiar with the novella. Mm-hmm. But and and so I'm like, you know, a little more entertained. But, you know, I could it's a little slow moving, but it's it's OK. It's all right. It's worth a watch. I hope it gets a season two so that like the first season makes more sense. But, uh, you know, it's OK.
0: Is it convoluted and complex like Westworld? Like you can't miss an episode and you have to like really pay attention? No,
1: it's it's not. It's not like that. Um, you don't have to be like, they have summaries and everything. And the plot is kind of, kind of, um, simple, but the, what's strange about it is just random stuff happens and and you're not sure why this random stuff has happened and you hope that it gets explained later. I mean, the answer could just be because the Valkyrie is weird, you know, and just weird stuff happens, but like, there's some random stuff that just comes out of nowhere where you're like, wait, what, Why? And you hope that's explained in season two.
0: A lot of people were asking me, hey, you guys going to cover Night Flyers? Ugh, why? Because, like, sci-fi well, doesn't put out good shit, so...
1: Well, I mean, sci-fi 12 Monkeys was okay, but, like, sci-fi doesn't put out great stuff, no. Um, and like I say, it, it's, it, it definitely has some pacing problems. Um, it's not the most exciting thing. But it's really really well acted they spent a lot of time on characterization which is funny because the novella spends hardly any time on it Mm. um and so it's it's very weird to have these characters that are are throwaways in in the novella be these major characters with backgrounds that you care about all of a sudden you know so it's it's odd i don't know
0: Hmm.
1: more in my review on it you know
0: so, so you're going to do your own review, no podcast episode?
1: No, no, yeah, no. I'll I'll do a real quick review of of what I thought okay, cuz I thank I God. just I just <laughs> binged it and you know, and so it's it'll it'll be out. I mean, the thing is people are like what do you think of a pressing cuz if there's one person that like should be caring about night flyers and like thousand thousand world properties and stuff, it would be me. Mm-hmm. You know, like so we'll see how it goes. Okay. Um it's interesting, though, so, I don't know.
0: No, no, I'm not, I just, I was just kind of worried, like, oh, this, I, I was looking at the reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, like, oh, no, hope he doesn't want to make a podcast episode on this, no, <laughs> I don't want to have to do this homework,
1: no. No, oh, it's way too much homework than I, I mean, <laughs> ten, out, like, it's ten episodes, I, I wouldn't have asked you to do that. Um, I watch the first I mean, three you episodes. Re- you can read the novella in, in less time, I mean, Jesus. it's, it's, yeah, it's.
0: Let's get into Jahari's, and uh, uh, so this chapter is. Let me see this chapter real quick. Let me go back up here.
1: Prince, Prince and the King. Prince and the King. The Ascension. The Ascension of Jahari's the First.
0: So these are pages for those of you who want a uh, who, who uh, quick reminder. Uh, Prince and the King is pages uh, one fourteen to one second here one fourteen to one thirty. So. This comes right after Magor uh, Magor dies of unknown causes, yeah. which we covered in the last episode, and Jaheri's essentially inherits a kingdom that's broken, lawless, and just everybody's doing whatever.
1: Yeah, though I have to say, like, the the, the chapter begins with a whole lot of just bullshit. Um, what do you mean? Well, I mean, like, like this is where you start seeing like Maester bullshit, like. Hmm. Um, because cause it's like, okay, th- he starts his Jahari's chapter and then he's like, well, and then we all start talking about the succession. Like people, there were, there were like whispers that maybe it should be, it should be you know, Reina mm. or, or Arya and Rayla and things like that. And you're like, that's not how history went. You just said last chapter that Rogar Baratheon like declared Jaharis king. Like while Magor was still king, so mm-hmm. like it, th- there was no there was no like sitting around talking about succession and whispers and stuff. No, Rogar Baratheon like decided it. It was what he did, like like he and, and they even and even like hints this later. They're like, there's all these things like it's all in passive voice. It was decided. It was decided, and then you know, and then, uh, when they said oh maybe like, you know, Rhaena would be would be queen and Rogar Baratheon says this is not Dorne Um, you know when when he was asked well of course he was asked he was the one like making the decision like Rogar Baratheon is running the kingdom right now like hand in hand with with Queen Alyssa Velaryon like no one else like they've decided to like you know put Jaheris on the throne there's no like you know discussion there's no like council of people like, Maesters and everybody weren't, weren't, weren't deciding things. It's just Rogar Baratheon. Mm-hmm. Like. And so they spent, like, like, like Maester Gildane spends, like, three pages, like, talking about this succession issue. And, like, why the girls weren't chosen. It's like, they weren't chosen because Rogar Baratheon chose not to do it. Like, it was his decision. End of story.
0: Like, And it's weird that he chose not to do it. Because he could have always, uh, I mean, what was the conversation? That Reyna had the better claim. Uh, even though he declared for Jaharis anyways. I mean, I'm assuming had Rogar had his way, he would have married Reyna and uh, had some sort of power because that's clearly his aim here. His aim is to have some sort of power in the kingdom beyond Hand of the King.
1: Yeah, I think Rogar might be married at this point. I know Later in life, he marries Queen Alyssa, mm-hmm. which makes me think that perhaps they had a, a romance because they're ruling the kingdom together essentially um, when Jaehaerys is young. The, the Maester Gildane makes all of these statements about, oh, well, you know, Jaehaerys had his, had his influence. It's like, no, he didn't. Like, (laughs) like, you know, they, they keeps saying that these are, you know, oh, and then he, he had his influence because he would wisely follow Rogar Baratheon. You know, you're like, ah, that's not having your influence. (laughs) Like it's, it's really, really apparent, um, from at least to me reading this, that, that, Rogar Baratheon and Queen Alyssa are running the kingdom, and Jaehaerys is a child.
0: Right. The main problems we're seeing here is the Faith of the Seven. Like, they really are a yeah. thorn in the side of the Baratheons for the first 50 years of Targaryen, uh, not Baratheons, uh, to the Targaryens, so uh, for the first 50 years of their rule. And I, I always mm. find that funny, because when we start the story in the Game of Thrones, the Faith is not really as powerful, I guess as they are here.
1: Right. Well, this is the story of how the the faith is detoothed. Mm-hmm. So like, um Jaharis is the one that like takes away a lot of their power um, over the course of his rule. And so I think as we go through here we might we might discover how. Um, but it's pretty apparent like so so the original so so far our story was Aegon comes in and the faith the powers of Old Town accept uh, Aegon, uh, um, mysteriously. Um, and then the minute Aenys and Magor take over, you know, all of a sudden the faith hates them. You can't marry who you want. You know, you can't do this and that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, their, their king, their, their rule is ended and we kind of end up with Jaharis, with, which, you know, I'm assuming at the beginning is, 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 Old Town's choice, you know that somehow they called up Rogar Baratheon and are like, okay, this is this is our chosen guy. What are we gonna, you know, how we're we gonna, how he's gonna be better than than Aenys and, and and Magor? Um, I think, uh, you know, my pet theory is that it's you know genetics that there's a problem with with how powerful Um, Reyna is. Dreamfire Reyna as I as I as I call her because she rides Dreamfire Mm -hmm. Dreamfire but um, all these eggs started hatching when when Reyna came along and so I'm I'm assuming that no one that they do not want anyone to marry Reyna Because I think that perhaps she has Daenerys like powers like Daenerys level Dragon hatching dragon riding like you know telepathic strength kind of stuff Mm -hmm. you know Rhaenyra Daenerys kind of stuff, uh, is my guess. Because if you also look at like what happens to Rhaena's daughters, one of them is given to the Faith of the Seven, like as a, as a and can never marry and things like that. And you're like, okay, they're trying to end her line, like her genetics don't get to make it. Um, that's my that's my guess, but but um, but yeah, Jaehaerys though is getting ruled by Rogar and and, and Alyssa, and um. I think
0: the big the big thing they deal with first is how to deal with all of the traitors. So, this is where Jahari stands apart from Maegor. Instead of, you know, Maegor would have just killed everybody, you know, fuck that. Uh, Jaharis actually doesn't kill that many people. I think he only kills, what, two or three of, like, the major people who supported Maegor. And he allows everybody else to uh, join the Night's Watch or go in exile.
1: Right. And what's very notable on the Faith of the Seven's influence... Um, Jaharis chooses the head of the warrior's sons to be on his king's guard, so if the faith of the seven had a problem with Jaharis they could kill him at any time you know they've got a warrior son right there I think Sir Joffrey is his name mm-hmm. um, but you can see I guess you know Jaehaerys the conciliator he's trying to make you know consolations you know and he's trying to uh, facilitate peace but all the you know but all of these things in these early reign are are what baratheon wants so he's sending these guys off to the wall um which i do think is interesting because later we have jaharius and and queen Alisander are going to visit the wall which means all of these guys that he sent off to take the black are going to be there Mm -hmm. you know
0: (laughs) well not for a a while not for a long not for a
1: while not for a long time but it's it's definitely something to think about that these these guys put on were put on the wall, and then later he's gonna they're gonna visit the Nights Watch.
0: Well, even while Jaehaerys is you know uh, forgiving guys, letting guys go, uh, beheading some one or two, mainly the people who were behind the torture of uh, megor's uh, prisoners. Uh, the faith is still on the move. Uh, Joffrey Doggett is that his name? Yeah. Now I have to I have to say though, the people that are gonna be
1: privy to the torture are gonna be the ones. That are gonna have like whatever information that Magor was trying to get out of people, mm-hmm. like these guys are gonna know the information too. Right. So, they might be getting killed, not because of the torture, but because they know too much. Right. Whatever whatever Magor was trying to find out.
0: Yeah, the faith. They're still mobilizing. They don't care. They don't care if Magor dead or not. They realize that the Targaryens are a threat to essentially, their religion. Uh, Joffrey Doggett, he is mobilizing knights to his cause, and Septon Moon is doing his own thing. Now, Septon Moon, you wanted to talk about real quick, and I did as well. Tell me about Septon Moon. What's going on with him?
1: Well, I mean, he's obviously supposed to be our, our High Sparrow-like character, but he's this kind of renegade Septon who, uh, everyone's declaring as the real High Septon, Mm -hmm. the true High Septon. Um even though he's um i mean again we don't know if this is gildane trying to trash him but it says that he's going around like sleeping with all these women and that everybody's like um and they're they're putting they're putting his penis on their shields and weird things (laughs) like that doesn't seem doesn't seem very likely but okay um (laughs) i guess that that was happening and uh he you know he's trying to He wants to eventually take over Old Town and become the real High Septon. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, all of a sudden, there's... Septon Moon is assassinated.
0: And the way he's assassinated is... I I actually love this, because... Essentially, he goes into his tent, and a woman comes in with a, uh, uh, you know, a jug of wine. And eventually, you know, they're partying in there, doing their thing. And all of a sudden she assassinates him and then runs out of the tent screaming. The guards run in there and he tries chasing her down while he's bleeding. And it goes on for a while and he eventually falls dead. Now, yeah. I find I find I find it hilarious how like everybody's wondering like who had Septon Moon killed. And Gildane at one point says, "Well, it could have been the Faceless Men." But I love the reasons why it's not the Faceless Men because they're very meticulous. In how they kill people. And the way this was done was a little sloppy. And they would see it as kind of an insult if you attributed this assassination to them.
1: There's, there's so much to unpack in this assassination. Like, first of all, we're supposed to think of Renly. Right. You know, obviously, like, uh, you know, a woman going into his tent. We're supposed to think of Brienne and Catelyn. Mm-hmm. And, and then him dying. Um, and then he, what's funny is he runs out half naked, um, bleeding everywhere. Which, and then they, and then what's funny, and I, I, won, I wonder if this is George R. R. Martin throwing shade at the show because he runs, he purposely, the guy's running all over the place bleeding. And they're like, well, come on, no faceless man is going to be that sloppy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, wait, isn't that the fucking show? Like, wasn't, didn't, didn't like the waif stab Arya on a, on a bridge and then she ran around town like bleeding all over the fucking place. Like, like it was massively sloppy, and then she chases her later, and she's like running through the streets, like knocking everything over. Like, is George R. R. Martin like, like purposely mocking? Is he purposely mocking the show? It's funny
0: because, uh, and, and we'll get to this with uh, Queen Alicent and her dragon in the North. When we get to it, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you more about it. But uh, George actually makes quite a bit of. Uh... I guess, throwing shade at the show in in, in quite a bit of uh, fire and blood. I I didn't realize it until people started pointing it out. I actually didn't think about the whole waif Arya thing because that season was just terrible, and that was also fucking stupid, but uh, that makes a lot of sense if he was throwing shade at the show because of it. Yeah, now, what's also really weird about
1: the section is that he's running around with all this blood all over, Mm -hmm. right? And then later, they're like, they're like, well, we don't really know what happened, but the woman had brought him a flagon of wine, and then some other people drank from that flagon of wine, and then they died because the wine was laced with poison. Right. Okay, then why is the guy running around with blood all over him? If <laughs> if it was a poisoning, why, why is he covered in blood? Like, I have no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, was she trying to poison him, and then he got, he got cut anyway? Were two people trying to kill him at once? Like... You know, there's the, uh, all the analysis of Joffrey's, like, poisoning, there's the question of whether, there, there's some suspicion that there's two murder plots going on at once, oh. and that they actually, like, enter, that they actually, you know, they ran into each wait, other. Wait, 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 what's, what's um, this so, one? Some,
0: what's this one? So there was someone else trying well, to kill people. Be-
1: well, no, some people theorize that, you know, somebody was trying to kill Tyrion mm. at the same time as somebody trying to kill Joffrey, and that the two that the, the, the two plots ran into each other. is, the, is
0: um, That's funny, I like that.
1: You, that I mean it would be interesting though i I do think that there's a lot of evidence that 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 perhaps Tyrion was the target and not Joffrey, but yeah, I'm not sure if I buy the whole two plots at once, but i I do think it's interesting that that it's definitely our author wants us to wonder if Tyrion was the target like that's that's for certain mm-hmm. um and he wants us to wonder if the poison was in the pie or in the wine um you know. The truth might be one, you know, one or the other, but he he at least wants to, wants us to question it, you know. He, he can always so come back. So,
0: he can always come back and like you know retcon a few little things to make that so, because that would be fucking hilarious. That's so I like that. There's two plots and they yeah. collide. I like that.
1: I mean, people get people get on this me a lot about like um, the Quentin is alive theory, and it's like Quentin, Quent I think Quentin's alive. Maybe he's dead, but one thing is 100 percent positive. Is George R. R. Martin wanted us to wonder, mm-hmm. like he didn't want to paint himself into the into a corner, like he 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 likes having mysteries. He doesn't like having things definitive, but also like you learn it from Hollywood. It's like when the when the villain's body is never found. You're like you know like maybe the villain's gonna return or maybe he's not, but the writers don't want to paint themselves into a corner so that they'll so they they always say like well his body was never found. Dun dun dun. You know, so it's the same thing here. Like no one's really know what's going on. He's covered in blood, but there was poison. Uh, I have no idea what's going. on. Was it a faceless man? Who knows.
0: Regardless, though, I, I also noticed how a couple of the uh, a couple of these sworn houses to um, Hightower were also giving Septon Moon their protection. And as soon as he died, they kind of you know went away.
1: Oh, um, where do they list? Where did they list the? Uh, oh, you're talking about Rowan and Oakart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll have to go, do some, some. Uh, well, I mean, they're sworn, they're, they're sworn to the Reach, so I guess at this point they support Tyrell, um, so they're, they're not like in the, in the super close vicinity area to, to Old Town, so they're, they're definitely Reach forces, but they're not, they're not like uh, House Beesbury or something, mm-hmm. or, or that's really close to Old Town. Um, Rowan and Ocar, like so, they, they would technically support the Tyrells at this point, the new, the new lords.
0: The faith, even with Septon Moon's death, the faith is still arming. The faith is still trying to gather up swords to go up against the Targaryens. And Jaehaerys instead of just you know uh, bathing in, in in blood and fire, uh, fire and blood, um, he decides to do something that Magar never thought of. And he eventually goes down there to Old Town and he has a little, little encounter with uh, Joffrey Doggett. And what happens is uh, kind of, kind of insane, but at the same time would make for a great television show. Uh, He he actually Hmm. sets aside, you know, all the, all the, all the animosity and makes Joffrey Doggett one of his Kingsguard. Yeah. Tell me about that. Well, I mean, I think it's just the uh
1: the um I think it's just the the kind of symbol that like okay, he's saying that I think it's more of a submission thing. Mm-hmm. Like look, we're like Rogar Baratheon is the one running everything. But now we're going to say okay. We're we're handing power back over to Old Town and just to make it sure, we're going to say um you know, we're going to have the head of the warrior's sons be on the Kingsguard. So if, if Jaehaerys does anything bad, you know, uh, Joffrey can kill him. Um, and you, you see a lot of the, 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 switch. Cause if you remember, um, Aenys was crowned by a maester. Maegor crowned himself. And here we have the high Septon crowning Jaehaerys, just like the high Septon crowned Aegon. So, you know, you're you're deferring your power with these decisions, um, and th- this is a big thing. Like uh, when Napoleon was crowned emperor, he invited the pope, and then he went and he crowned himself, like with the pope there. Like most people like, would say, "Oh, I'm emperor. I'll, I'll invite the pope, and the pope can crown me." And Napoleon, in a state, it was a it was a blatant statement. Like crowned himself while the while the pope did nothing, mm-hmm. you know. And so the you know these statements of where power derives from and so you know jhaerys is is deferring his power to old town and the faith you know he's he's getting crowned by them and he's placing he's placing joffrey on his king's guard and he's saying you guys have you guys have power and control now i think over the course of his reign he's going to get it back but but uh, and you i mean so, so many other things like like reina reina um Dreamfire, Dreamfire, his
0: daughter, like so, just you know. twins, right? Yeah. So before we get to that, uh, essentially, uh, Jahari's he makes one of the warrior sons his king's guard, which I actually liked that. That was a re- really cool moment. And he basically says that the warrior sons, the faith militant, they shall all disarm. That the crown will give them protection. They will never, they never need mm-hmm. to hold up their swords again. The crown will defend them for all time. Which. This is what we have when we come into a Game of Thrones, where the faith is not exactly, you know, uh, an army. Um, and then no. the whole thing with Reyna. she has twin daughters. And at one point, the one thing I found I thought was really, really cheeky, I guess you could call it. And I'm and I was like, oh, Preston's gonna have a field day with this one. She, oh yeah. She has twin daughters. Um, hold on one second. I have my my uh, my family tree right here. Where's her twin daughters? Where is this? I just had it here. Right here we go. Uh. Rala and... Mm -hmm. And Area. Area. there you go. So, she gives one of them to the Faith, right? But the whole thing is that, like, some people believe that... Or Maester Gildane believes that they were switched?
1: Yeah. So go into this. Yeah, he brings that up. Well, I mean, obviously it's just another... It's another baby swap situation. Mm -hmm. And so, like, when when you start bringing up more baby swaps, then you're like, ah, jeez... Like, because cause obviously we have the, the baby swap at the wall. Um, it has this introduction of... of um, we're, I'm, I'm talking about the baby swap of Eamon for Monster. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Craster's, Craster's son for, for Mance's son. Um, and so once you kind of introduce that, oh, we can swap up babies. Like, how often does this happen? And then, of course, it happens. There's the question of whether or not it happens with baby Aegon. Was he swapped out for for a baby um, uh, for, for a random baby. And was he raised in, in, in ESOS under the, under the care of John Connington or as a, you know, he's that kid, somebody else. Um, we don't know, but we know that the baby swap, you know, again is common Hollywood trope, but it's introduced. And so this, this gets into like, and so I wasn't the first person to, to come up with this idea at all, but a lot of people said, well, well, wait a minute, you know, we 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 have we had Ned coming from the Tower of Joy presumably with a baby. He arrives at Starfall. We have um, a Dane, who supposedly had a baby around the same time too. Though some people say it's it was stillborn. Um, could there be some sort of baby swap going on at Starfall? Uh, and it's, you know we have no idea what happened at Starfall. Uh, nothing is written on on what happens at Starfall. Mm-hmm. We have no clue. Um, and so this was big about like how you know perhaps Daenerys was was born at the Tower of Joy instead of um, instead of Jon or something. R plus L
0: equals D. Isn't this your, one of yours? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not the first person to come I up know, with R I plus N equals know. T, but obviously, like you know, I, I, I somehow became the, the the champion in the face of it somehow, even though I I, I didn't come up with it. But the um, but yeah, or the baby swap for for whoever Daenerys is, because Daenerys's memories are all odd. Lemongate. And the question is, is yeah, Lemongate issues is you know was she swapped, and so we have a lot of you know discussions about that and. It's interesting because, yeah, George R. R. Martin decides to throw in another baby swap um, just to say, like, hey, I've got this power. You know, so maybe there was a baby swap at the Tower of Joy. Maybe there's a baby swap with Daenerys. Maybe a baby swap at Starfall. We don't know. But George R. R. Martin is thumbing his nose at us saying, you know what? I'm going to throw in another baby swap to say I can do whatever the fuck I want. You know. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I don't know why he wouldn't. <laughs> why he, he? I mean, why would he throw in this like random thing about a baby swap
0: with uh, with Reina Reina's girls? Yeah. Did you say it was because you thought that uh, she uh, the the uh, the faith needed one of her one of her kids because she was the most powerful, supposedly? Yeah,
1: that I mean that would be that's what I would say that 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 one of those children has real dragon fo- dragon riding dragon hatching abilities, and um, I mean, we're talking about the child of, of Dreamfire, Rhaena, and, you know, another Targaryen, and some incest, um, and so, you know, it's the, uh, a swap happening, yeah, there's, one of them might be powerful, and then one might not, and then if they swapped, I mean, the faith, the faith, at, you know, what the faith was clearly scared of something, and wanted that, wanted that girl to, to be, give, you know, to become a um, a septa unable to unable to have children and then swapping it removes that i mean brings that danger back so. and it's also
0: a show of faith to have uh, faith in the faith to have one of the targaryen girls be with them you know it it it, it closely binds the royal family and the church
1: yeah i mean the, the they're pretty bound right now i'd say at this point the the faith of the seven has has full control over over the uh, over the crown. Um, I think we're going to see Jaehaerys become liberated. But at this moment, the faith is probably pre- feeling pretty good about themselves. You know, they'd they they'd killed off. They killed off uh, Megor and Aenys.
0: And now they have complete control over Jaharis. Well, Jahari's on his way back to Old Town. He's rece- uh, from from Old Town. He's received by the poor fellows, a lot of the uh, other Faith militant guys, and they all beg for clemency, which he grants. And some of them even go and join the Night's Watch. And uh, I, I feel like the real winner of this whole conflict is the Night's Watch. In you know, all honesty, like they're the ones getting more people into their ranks. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, everybody kind of gets their way. Uh, some people just, you know. Fade away into obscurity. Nobody really cares about them. People who really care about the stuff go and join the Night's Watch. You know, Jeharis puts down the Faith Militant. Faith Militant uh, is happy that the King is more friendly towards the Faith. Night's Watch gets their guys. Everybody is happy. Everybody gets uh, what they want, kind of.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I, I guess I, I guarantee it's going to come back to, you know, in our story as we go on about, you know, who these guys were that got sent to the wall. And how they're going to relate to like Jarey's and All trip up there, because mm-hmm. um, he wouldn't. I don't know. I mean, then again, George R. R. Martin does mention random names, but he, you know, he gave us specific names of who the people were that were sent to the wall, and you know, we're we're gonna have to.
0: To be eventually... fair, he does that a lot for a lot of characters, and it never goes anywhere. I mean, Septon Moon. <laughs> Septon Moon had as soon as Septon Moon dies, like there's like forty-two dudes. Who like took up the the mantle after him and like you know nothing happens with them. All right, Preston, let's get into the year of the three brides and
1: uh... woohoo! Year of the three <laughs> brides. Uh, I like this one a lot. This is
0: actually my my uh, favorite chapter so far. Well, we're going it, it... through them one chapter at a time. So we're we're are we are we going to hear you keep saying uh, you like each each chapter as we get to it?
1: No, I mean this one. You know, I really mean it. No, I mean e- each one seems to be getting better. You know, as as we go through, I don't know if we were—I you know, was that big of a fan of Sons of the Dragon, but—but but you well, know, your I,
0: last favorite was the one where uh, they they go to war with Dorne.
1: Yeah, that was a pretty good one. I I, I like that one a lot. I, this mm-hmm. one, this one I like because because it involves there's so much scheming in the background, and yeah. if you if you pay attention to the house names and the alliances everything makes sense and it, it, it's very rewarding if you go back and like check like wait a minute he's married to who oh man that's this totally makes sense and you can catch where the where maester gildane is lying about things but um, oh he's
0: lying now oh this is gonna be well
1: oh sure i mean it opens up saying that um that this this year, the 49th year of Aegon's Conquest, gave people of Westeros a welcome respite from the chaos and conflict that had gone before. This entire chapter is about con- conflict. And they're like, oh, it would be a year of peace and plenty and marriage. It's like, no. This is this is just a lot of scheming and, and build-up to conflict because there's so much going on here.
0: Well, let's start off with like the first bride. And uh, yeah. that is uh, Reyna. You call her Dreamfire Reyna?
1: Yeah, I call her Dreamfire Rhaena because, you know, there's there's a bunch of Rhaenys in history, but she rides the dragon Dreamfire. Mm-hmm. Um and I I think she's very very important. Um you know, I I think she's kind of a a, a Rhaenyra Daenerys kind of character in in, in her
0: importance. Yeah. Someone who has the ability to uh have the dragons uh, you know, lay more eggs and and, and populate more.
1: Yeah, it, it, that's my theory. Um and 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 you're you know, you're, uh, obsessed with her being a lesbian, she's definitely I was not, n- okay, I was not <laughs> obsessed with her
0: being a lesbian, that was you! You totally brought that up, that was totally you. But, uh, okay. no, it starts out with her marrying some minor lord's son in secret on Fair Isle with her mother, Alyssa, and the, and the king, Rogar, uh, king's hand, Rogar Baratheon, getting upset over this. Uh, Alyssa, right. that she wasn't invited to her daughter's wedding, and Rogar, because Reina didn't get the c- crown's blessing.
1: Right now now this is a this is this is a big deal about and and the Maester brushes over this pretty quickly but you got to remember the so the the crown and the, when i say the crown it's it's rogar and and valarian who are effectively running the country because Jaheris is too young mm-hmm. so the, these two are running the country and reina goes and gets married in secret now of course the only the only person that could also be uh, competing for the throne against Jaehaerys would be Reyna. And so, you know, her getting married, uh, marriage in Westeros is not done for, for love. Marriage is done for political alliance. Mm-hmm. And so we have to ask, like, what is Reyna pulling by marrying Andrew Farman? Um, and the big thing is, is that, you know, this wedding was overseen by lyman lannister and conducted by his septon so we're talking about and uh you got to remember that uh, when when reyna and Aegon the uncrowned were fighting against maegor the cruel the westermen and the riverlanders um supported them mm-hmm. and so you know she's got here lyman lannister um you know lord of casterly rock and we find out even though lyman isn't mentioned by name If we pay attention way back uh, when Aegon the Conqueror took over, he arranged a marriage between the eldest Lannister son, the heir, and uh, a daughter from the Arbor. So Lyman Lannister is married to a Redwine, which means they have a massive fleet. Mm, So Jocasta. Yeah, I don't think it says
0: her last name in here, does it?
1: Right, but that's Jocasta. That's Jocasta Redwine. And so we're talking about a major army and a major fleet that Reyna is securing here with this marriage. You know, not firmly because she's not marrying a Lannister, but that's definitely the implication here that that the Lannisters and the Red Wines are supporting Reyna. Mm-hmm. And so th- this is this is the big thing. And so you can see then what hap What what uh, Alyssa Velaryon and Rogar Baratheon do. In response
0: then we get our second bride Alyssa the king's mother who at this point she's like what 42 and supposedly beyond her childbearing years and she's getting with Rogar Baratheon who is this younger guy uh they say he's built like a bull and he was someone to have hated Mangor so much that he wanted to fight the guy in single combat in secret it was wasn't widely known but uh Jaehaerys wasn't too cool with this one because Rogar getting with his mom Feels like a bit like he's overreaching here, you know? But their wedding was so lavish, it was known as the Golden Wedding. I love when they put, like, colors on these things. It makes them easier to track down. But the Golden Wedding went on for a couple of days. It was very lavish. Everybody was there.
1: Yes, and seven days of games afterwards. I mean, we're talking a wedding that was bigger than Joffrey's wedding, Mm -hmm. you know? So we have to think about this is how important this alliance is. That Rogar and Alyssa are are now saying, okay, Reyna is a threat, so how are we going to secure this? Well, we're going to really say that, okay, the Baratheons and the Velaryons are on the same page. Um, and, you know, there's also, I wonder about, you know, dragon hatching and, and the blood of the dragon, because Rogar claims he's, you know, half Targaryen himself, um, Alyssa Valerian has Targaryen blood. She's, you know, Valyrian. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do wonder if she's... If, you know, they do want to try to maybe get Pop-Out one more kid from her. Because, you know, 42, you're still still able to do that. But besides that, at the wedding, Rogar has, like, seven Lysine maidens that he has sex with. And, of course, they're, you know, Valyrian as well. So maybe... He was hoping to get a baby there, Mm -hmm. but um, nonetheless, you can see like everyone is invited to this wedding. It's a big deal and it's, it's definitely used as a time of, of um, trying to uh, talk to everyone and secure alliances. Right. You can see all of these interviews happen. Like these, each Lord meets Jaharis in turn and they all talk, you know, and everything and, and, all of these interviews happen and um, you know, you can go through the names and it's, it's, it's interesting names. Again, um, the, the big names um, that you kind of see in here is, you know, th- they start going through and they start talking about each one, each of these names appearing. And these are the same names that, that we, we, have seen before. And they, they of course also appear later in history, but they, um, you can see the ones that got, um, uh, personal interviews with the king. Um, Royce, Lord Royce, who, of course, you know, they had problems with the errands. Um, mm-hmm. you know, with with the rebellion. So you, you can see that the second, you know, the second biggest uh, house in the, in the Vale, gets a personal interview. Uh, Vance, a powerful, powerful Lord of the Riverlands. You know, uh, they've already secured Tully, but um, because Tully has been brought in as uh, on the on the small council.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But um, and then you can see Connington and and things like this. You know, different different uh, different houses. Derry, you know, uh, and Brandon Stark trying to trying to secure uh, the Starks again um, in the north uh, in order to to secure their alliances. Um, and then there's. They they get into discussion of who Jaheris should marry, and it's interesting the the ones that they want uh, Jaheris to marry because they actually align with um, the the same exact houses that supported Reyna in um, against Megor. So you've got. Alyssa specifically says that that she wants Jarey's to marry. Shoot, it's a it's a Piper, a Corbray, um, a a Vance, a Corbray, a Westerling, or a Piper. Mm-hmm. And these are these are four of the the big houses that support Rhaena and Aegon the Uncrowned when they fight, um, uh, Maegor the Cruel, and so. You can you can you can see definitely what's going on. They're trying to weaken Dreamfire Reyna's uh, power. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, after the golden wedding, you know, the one thing they discussed as well is who Jaehaerys is going to marry and who Alicent is going to marry. Um, and obviously, Jaehaerys doesn't like this, so he grabs his sister and, under her cover of night, with their Kingsguard, they sail for Dragonstone and they get married in secret uh but then Rogar and Baratheon and Alyssa they find out they go over there with their own group of uh guys and a fight almost breaks out now this is actually kind of cute gross because you know they're two young kids and they're related gross but also kind of cute they get married because you know even as little kids they were they had a strong bond with each other and hmm. uh Rogar Baratheon wants this broken up immediately but the king's guard step in and threaten to defend the king to the death if need to the death if need be against what, forty guys, fifty guys that Rogar brings with him? Yes.
1: So this is actually this is actually something that um Jeharis does he actually wins um and uh so this this is a little bit of callback to Sweet Robin and his and his um tourney for the Winged Knights. So uh in that, um Sweet Robin has a contest in which which jousters are going to be his Kingsguard? Mm-hmm. Um, and so he—that's really not a great idea, because how does jousting make someone a good fighter? But if we go back to uh, Rogar and Alyssa's wedding, um, there was there was a contest at the end, the War of the White Cloaks, to determine who would be Kings Kingsguard. Right. And um, the winners end up being the most skilled, which means none of them end up being from big houses. So none of them end up being part of any of the big alliances that Rogar and Alyssa had spent all of their time forging. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of, I don't, you know, it, perhaps it's by accident. Perhaps um, Harris was being very clever, but his Kingsguard end up being not of any of the, of, not of the pools of people that are connected to, Rogar and Alyssa, and therefore when the time comes where Rogar's like, oh no, arrest these people or, and split them up, the Kingsguard sides with their king right you know they're loyal they're lo- which is exact opposite of Jamie Lannister, right like you know like Jamie Lannister you know he he had because he was aligned with a large house house Lannister, he had he was torn in his loyalty between the king and his and his house mm-hmm. because these guys are from these tiny houses that no one cares about. They were able; they had complete loyalty to the king, and so they supported Jaharis, which uh, ends up, you know, making him win the day.
0: Well, I do like how Rogar tries to tries to salvage the whole situation by uh, saying Jaharis, even though he didn't, you know, uh, uh, consummate the marriage, uh, it's okay. This is good. We can still salvage this. It's it's everything's right. okay. Um, we can set it aside some we, other time. We yeah. can set it aside some other time. But, uh, no, somehow they, they get something to work out here where Jahari's will stand back until he's 16 and he and Alysanne will stay together on Dragonstone while Rogar and Alyssa, they do their thing and rule the realm until he he's ready, basically.
1: Yeah, and, and but you can also imagine why Rogar and Alyssa are so upset about this. Um, one, like... Obviously, Rogar wanted to marry a Baratheon, his brother, to you know, um, to uh, 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 Alisane. Alisane, and 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 try to you know consolidate power and maybe get blood of the dragon and all of this kind of stuff. Um, but you can see that the incest is immediately going to make House High Tower they're they're immediately going to lose he- House High Tower in the faith, you know, and this is going to be an issue. And so you can see why he's so upset. Like you know, Jaharis lost a lot of power by by, having, by, uh, by marrying on the incest, because all of a sudden this is going to piss off the faith and, and, and the high towers they're losing. They're also losing some sort of alliance. Jaharis could have married a Corbre, a piper, one of, one of the allies of, of Reyna, but instead, they gain nothing. They gain nothing through this incestuous marriage. They don't gain an alliance. Um, so one, it's a waste Two, and then two, it, it offends the, the religious sensibilities of, of the faith and and the high towers and things like that. So, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but you can kind of understand maybe, you know, if we're talking about keeping the, the blood of the dragon pure and, uh, birthing dragon riders, you can kind of understand why Jaharis did this, you know, that, that he, you know, he wanted, he needed this, um, this
0: incestuous relationship in order to maybe keep, keep, uh keep dragon riding in the family so yeah you, you keep saying that that's one of the reasons why he's doing this it could also be out of love because you know whichever person he gets with he's not gonna be as close to them as he is with his sister because when when the lords around the, the country do come they come to Dragonstone where he is and they uh, he makes he makes sure that Alisane is there as well during the meetings like he tries to keep nothing from her uh, just like his grandfather did With his sister wives, he he tries to keep that tradition going.
1: Well, you know, there's so much contradicting information on Juhari's and uh, and Alisande's relationship. Uh Also, well, you know, a lot of times they'll write, "Oh, that they were really close," and they and they and they, you know, the dragons were really close too. But then you actually like later in history, they don't actually get along that much. They have their own minds. Um, They, you know, they. They uh, have falling outs on a couple of occasions, you know, um, and so I do see this like competing history of oh, were they really this perfect couple? Um, but then if you if you remove love, then why would Jeharius marry Allison? again, this is a time where people didn't marry for love. Mm-hmm. So it it it's a funny thing that they throw these things in like oh no, it was for love. Well, no, hold on, no one no one got married for love back then. This isn't this isn't modern times like. Um, and also, like, how old is Allison at this point? She's like, like
0: what, thirteen around there?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm trying to try to let me let me let me look it up real quick. Because um, if there's a huge, you know, age difference, then I you know I question whether or not, you know, he he had a big affection for her. So she was born in in '36, and he was born in. Um, He's born in 34. I guess they're only two years apart, mm-hmm. but uh, so, yeah, she's 13. I mean, maybe. Yeah. I mean, maybe it, but I don't know. I questioned the whole, I the whole affection thing, um, you know, just cause I'm, I'm, I'm naturally suspicious. I mean, it's possible that they had some sort of, you know, love situation like, like, like Jamie and, and Cersei, but, uh,
0: Plus, uh, all, all, all the while, everybody's trying to, you know, uh, basically use him for political alliances. It, it gets kind of tiring after a while. I mean, if it wasn't for love, he wouldn't fight as hard as he did during the whole Dragonstone incident to stay with her. Because he doesn't want to be used as, like, a pawn in, in, in his mother and Rogar's game. And he also wants to make his own decisions. That seems very important to jahari's doing his own thing the way he wants to do it. Well, that's the other thing. So in under feudalism you can also
1: so you marry out to form alliances mm-hmm. but then you marry in to not have your wealth um uh spread out you know because uh, under feudalism if you keep giving children pieces of land you eventually they eventually get divided and divided and divided mm-hmm. um uh especially if you don't just hand everything to to one to one child you know then then you end up with stuff spread too thin so a lot of times there was cousin marriages in order to bring wealth back in so that you didn't spread your family wealth out too much um and it's the same thing with alliances i suppose like you know he could be trying to deprive somebody else um you know the marriage to alisane and and the power it contains she does she does have a dragon after all like you know he might be consolidating the dragons in one place right like if he's if he's married to he has two dragons. Dreamfire, uh, Dreamfire Reina has one dragon. And so, you know, that saves the day. While if somebody else married Alisane, you know, maybe she could be brought over to Reyna's side or maybe she could be kept neutral. I mean, there's, there's perhaps some other calculus going on, but, um, I'm, I'm one to not think that love had anything to do with it, but. I don't know. I will say it, 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 was,
0: it was a cute little thing. Like it, it, like I said before, I really feel as though Fire and Blood should be adapted as the true prequel to Game of Thrones because this seems like an entire episode of Game of Thrones here. One wedding going over here, one wedding going over here, and all oh yeah, is this just, is all all this just going. By the way, I was gonna I was gonna say this because back to Reyna being a lesbian, uh, which is something oh. you came up with. I just want to go on record as saying that it's all you, my dude. But I want to ask you. Well, it's also
1: say as we get further on, it becomes more and more obvious in the text. <laughs> but yes, okay. So when Continue. she she,
0: mar- she marries uh, Andrew uh, Farman, yeah, yeah, is he her uh, is he her female lady beard? Because uh, I know yeah, I know yeah. I know I know as a, like you know when a gay man marries a woman, that woman is his beard to hide that. But um, is uh, so you're basically saying that Andrew Farman is is Reyna's lady beard essentially.
1: Yeah, he's the he's the cover. Mm-hmm.
0: Um and then That's a weird cover though. Like he's like the second son of of uh, Mark Farman, who who himself is a minor lord and all that. That's that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty deep cover right there.
1: Well, yeah. I mean I mean everybody says it's a curious curious choice, but um 9 years younger and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um the also I mean, they scorn him as half a girl, uh, which is, of course, code for that he was gay as well. And so this was a common thing. This is a common thing done in uh, less tolerant times. That's, you know, a a lesbian would marry a gay guy and then they would they would be the cover for each other. And they could both live their independent lives. And everyone, you know, and. And so this is so. I think Andrew Andrew is probably gay. Raina's a lesbian, and they've chosen to they've chosen to get married as a, as a
0: cover. It's a pretty pretty convincing cover.
1: Yeah. Plus, um,
0: Raina's into his sister. Um, well, she does have all her favorites attend the wedding, so. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's a bit weird. I guess
1: I guess I mean I guess Raina is is polygamous with her. Uh, with her relationships as well, that's a little weird to to, to invite all your exes
0: to uh, to the wedding, but she does <laughs> supposedly. And you said that uh, that Gildane is lying here. Oh, I mean,
1: he's he's lying that this is a peaceful time filled filled with like joy, like this is this year was just all about scheming and and and. Tension.
0: Well, technically it's a peaceful time. There's no war time going on. All the combatants, I guess uh, you would say they're political combatants. It's not, you know, nobody's gathering up arms and going across the country fighting each other. So in a sense, it is peaceful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in a
0: sense, but it's, it's just build up and tension. Um, you love the you political stri- uh, like the political strife and like the royal families and all that because like yeah. th- this being your favorite chapter, I can see why. I, I like I, d- I just think it's cute. You know the whole Jahari's saying thing. He waits until she's like of age um, until like they actually consummate their marriage. They sleep in the same bed like every night. and Never do anything. Mm. That's it- cute. Gross, but once again, <laughs> it's cute. Um, but, uh, no, so, so what else, what else besides the political strife makes this your, uh, your favorite chapter just because think, of all the name dropping?
1: I think, yeah, but it's not, it's not, it's not random name dropping. It's name dropping that actually make, actually makes sense. I mean, I like this one cause it's a puzzle that you can figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, that's kind of fun. Um, but you know, I guess the great thing about, George R. Martin's writing when he does it well is that it, it works as a story and you're and you're appreciating it as like a story that works, you know, like um, and then there's also like a, a background puzzle, background mysteries. And so this one, this one, you know, it had it had background mysteries, but the background mysteries can all be solved. Like if you go back to the previous the previous chapters, like all the names match up and you're like, oh, OK, I see what's going on here. Mm hmm. Um, and so it's it's a bit fun. It was a bit, you know. If you if you do your, if you do your find and search, you'll you'll find a lot of these names go together, and you're like, oh right, like little little things like catching like, oh my gosh, Lannister is married to to Redwine, and they have a fleet. Oh, that makes them perfect. Or you know, the different houses they start talking about, like like you know, House Piper, and how oh that allows you to ford. Like the river, and you know, and then House Root, which allows you to get around Harrenhal and things like this. You can kind of make a map of 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 who Reyna is aligned with. It allows a pretty a pretty good path to taking the capital if she if she would want. But yeah, I mean, it's one of these chap it's one of these chapters that if you want to go through it slowly, checking all the names. Um, it, tells, it tells a very different story.
0: And this is why I love you, man, because you're, you're always looking into these little things. I don't think anybody has either put this together because the way I see it is Raina just likes Fair Isle because it's far away, nobody bothers her, she can do whatever the fuck she wants all the way over there. The only other place far from the country as possible is, uh, what is it, Lonely Light? The uh mm. the, 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 the bannermen of the Greyjoys, and I doubt anybody uh. wants to fucking go there. So Fair Isle is her best chance to really just stay away from the capital and do her own thing. That's why I thought she wanted to go there and just stay there for that reason, getting married to some random minor lord, uh Lord's son because she doesn't want her family making decisions for her. Since she's still under the umbrella of her mother.
1: Yeah, but you do you do have to remember that um they do literally call. I'm forgetting who calls her the uh, Reina, the Queen of the West. Um, but she had been dubbed that, and so it's like there is there is this question of Jaharis having secure to actually be the king. Um, you know, some there. Although the the Maester is not mentioning it, it may be that. Reina is considered the actual queen, and to some people, um, and I'm trying to rem- I'm trying to remember who, uh, which person actually like, in which chapter they they, they claimed uh, she was uh, the queen of the west, but um, but she does have you know a pretty good claim. Uh, Raina became known as the queen of the west in.
0: Well, and it says here in the Westerlands, in the westerlands, yeah. riverlands, and parts of the reach, men were already calling her. Men were already calling her queen in the west.
1: Yes. hmm So you can see that she's got she's got a good chunk of the kingdom.
0: Yeah. Already, and as as usual, you know, the north the north and Dorne never really participate in the major things. So she'd pretty have. You're you're right. She'd probably have a nice little pathway straight to uh the capital so why doesn't she take it since she has the ability to do so right now why does she well take i think
1: it? i think she's i think she's busy trying to um consolidate power as well um there 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 are some i have to go back and start checking the uh and i and i started doing this a little bit but start checking like reina's master plan i guess and, and who which which alliances she's trying to secure um uh you know I was, at first i was really confused about tarth and things like that but once you start going back and and, and connecting the marriages and and everything mm-hmm. um you know she may have her own plan as well um so i, I it just takes time it's just there's so much time drawing yeah, taking taking the yarn out on the corkboard and and connecting connecting all of the different uh uh pieces you know like a mad like a like a mad conspiracy theorist but Mm -hmm. but um you know she definitely has some plans and i think it's perhaps well i mean i think it's, it's probably through her her uh gaggle of of exes is probably the connection like we 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 tend to think of being being um being sexist and, and reading the surnames and everything, we think about every, we think about the alliances through the male sides, but I think if we you know through Reyna, she's making alliances through the female sides, and I think that's why it's it's flying under the radar a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think she's you know successfully forging alliances through her
0: exes. Obviously, it's implied the way the the, the harder you look into it, but I, I didn't I never got to that. I never, I never really looked at it like that.
1: Yeah, well, I think it's gonna get, I think it's gonna come, come to the forefront a little more as as time goes on. Like this, this, this seems to be leading up to something, you know.
0: hmm
1: Um. So you know, when we, when we get to do the next chapter, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll spend some more time on on Reina's uh, um network of exes and her alliances, and uh, are
0: you gonna make your own individual video on this?
1: I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Though, though, that's the thing is, is this is such an obscure topic that, you know, who knows how many people are interested in it. But, yes,
0: I'm sure a lot of people are. If, if you make it well, known. Well, the minute
1: I, like I say it. that, the comments will be like,
0: do it. You know? <laughs> Guys, we're going to end it here. Thank you so much for joining us. Sorry we are a little late on this chapter. Uh, Preston, you were, you were busy where again? Tell the audience where you were uh, this for Christmas I was, I
1: was I was in Madagascar, yes.
0: And where are you going again? Uh, we're recording this right now at uh, January 21st. Preston, uh, where are you going again for the for like the next month?
1: Well, I'll, I'll be in Nepal for two weeks. But but I'll be back. I'll be back <laughs> two weeks. I promise. But, we'll, co- we'll continue with fire and blood. But
0: and c- the good thing is you're finally back in the States right now. You were able to move from Germany back to the U.S. Welcome back to the home of the brave and the whopper. Um, but yeah, yeah. you were able to come back here and you're going to be back here after, after you go to Nepal and come back, you're going to be back here for good.
1: Well, yeah, for, for, for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. I am, I am, I have moved
0: back to Washington DC. Yes. Sweet. Now that you're finally here, I don't have to like be, be such a douche and ask you to record around three or four my time. And it's like 11 your time over there And I thought, that, I thought that
1: always works out for you. I thought you love it. I thought you love the, uh, the three in the morning your time i thought that's no like i meant like
0: 3 p.m in the afternoon oh, yeah i always okay. feel bad because like i'm sure your wife hates me she's always like where's press then uh he's recording with that asshole again and i'm like i'm sorry you do you
1: do a great imitation of my wife it's <laughs> incredible
0: <laughs> but hey at least at least this at least if you're here for the foreseeable future you're not you're not gonna need to wake up at like 4 a.m your time to catch the next episode of game of thrones finally
1: yeah yeah, yeah i know i know We'll 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 eventually do our our meetup and live show at some point. <laughs> meetup and live show.
0: Oh Jesus Christ! Live
1: show. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Thrones podcast. We'll see you next time with the culmination of uh, this whole uh, three brides thing and the surfeit of rulers. Is that it? Is that the next one?
1: Uh, no. Well, it's, uh, what what way we just did. Three brides. So the next one is, yes, yeah, Surfeit of Rulers.
0: All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Have a good one.